Welcome to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I am Solomon Timothy. And I am Taylor Rowe. Today's episode, we talk about content marketing, what content marketing means, and some strategies that we have that we implement for ourselves as well as for our clients to actually really increase the visibility and extend the reach of the content that we're creating. So often people think of content marketing as creating a piece of content and then trying to get it to rank organically within SEO or creating a piece of content that is in the form of an ebook or a webinar that then is gated and somebody's going to you know exchange their email information to download or gain access to that. And what we're really talking about is taking those two words, right? Content creation and then marketing. And then how do we actually market the content that we're creating uh, and what's going to be the, the best way to distribute that content and to format that content for your audience. So the strategies that, that Solomon kind of shares with us in today's episode is the exact same strategies that we as an organization implement for ourselves, as well as as an agency implement for our clients that are looking to increase their visibility, generate more demand and generate more revenue. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoy. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to reach out to us or leave us a comment. Today we're talking about content marketing and uh, I guess most of the, or a lot of companies, why they struggle with content marketing and kind of understanding what content marketing is and, and how to go doing it. Content marketing, I guess in general, uh, it sounds simple, right? Because it's about creating content, but for whatever reason, a lot of clients and companies miss the point of creating content and then how to market the content, right? There's two aspects of it. So I guess let's start by, let's, let's hear your definition of what is content marketing and what does that mean in uh, 2020? That's a great question. It's probably the only question if you're doing inbound marketing that you should be thinking about, right? So how do you create content and how do you promote it? So to me, content marketing is literally the process of creating quality content that answers the questions of your, your potential customers and helps them understand and help them decide as they're going through this buying journey that we call it in our podcast. Yeah. So creating valuable content, whatever that is, to help them every step of that process. It can't just be one piece of content. It's a series um, that answers their questions and helps them understand to make a better and more informed decision. How's that? Sure. Is that a good answer? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess, why do you think that most companies struggle? Or I guess, do you think that most companies struggle? And why do you think they struggle with creating content or creating content for content marketing purposes? Right. I think many times um, they may have tried. They may have tried creating blogs and they might have seen that, okay, it didn't really do anything because they were probably creating short pieces of content, maybe 300 words with no consistency maybe not having any resources to even create that content. There's so many reasons, right? People struggle to create because just having what to write, what do I write about? And, you know, the consistency of publishing it and how do I optimize it? And finally, the topic we're going to have today is how do you promote it? There's so many challenges yeah. around it. And I think it's more of the whole organization buying into the program, in my opinion, rather than just one person in the company saying, you know what, I'm going to create a bunch of content for our company because they cannot sustain the amount of content that you need, in my opinion, right. if one person in the company is the only one contributing to the entire cost of, yeah. hey, we need to be a content marketing machine. Yeah, yeah, and no, I 100% agree. I'm glad you, you brought that point up about needing entire company buy-in because 
for me, I think the biggest, I guess the biggest missing piece of why companies, why, like why isn't every company, every organization creating tons of content, right? Uh, I mean, we're talking about even small companies like us. I think we put out more content than Fortune 500 companies, right? Because I think the biggest difference is that we understand the value of it. Because I think if everyone, if every organization un- truly understood the value of gaining your potential customers' attention through content and providing value to them, then everyone would would be bought in. So I think the lack of buy-in stems from a lack of understanding of what is the outcome or what is the value. That's the first piece, right? And I think probably the second piece is all stemming from the fact that they don't understand the value. But the second piece is I think we're a lot of times marketing has the wrong metrics coming from the sales team or coming from senior leadership, like the CEO, right? Specifically when it comes to content marketing, because the metrics are always about leads and this short term transactional based sort of a metric. And I'm not saying leads are important or very results oriented organization. And what we drive for our clients is really leads and revenue, but the way that you get to developing a system that generates quality leads, sales ready leads week after week, month after month, is by implementing a cohesive content marketing strategy. So I think attention, awareness, engagement should be those metrics on the short term rather than, okay, we created ebook and we promoted on Facebook and we generated a lead, right? So, and we talk a lot about that in the podcast of lead generation versus demand generation, that specific topic. If you want to learn more about that, definitely go listen to that. But so I think that's the second missing piece, right? And then I think the third piece, which is what I want to talk about today, is I don't think people understand how to distribute the content, right? Aside from maybe SEO, which is always part of the strategy, is, okay, we created this piece of content now. Let's try to get it to rank uh, in Google. I think that is, again, a very one... We're creating content that is only for search engines, not for the customer, doesn't add that much value and we create it once and if it doesn't rank then we move on to the next piece and all of a sudden we're creating a bunch of content that's getting wider our website's getting wider it's not getting deeper and we have no metrics to then go back and prove to senior leadership who we just talked about is already not bought in uh, and so we can't even justify this expense of spending money on creating content and backlinks and these sorts of things because it's not doing anything so if we have the wrong metrics, we don't understand the value, we don't have full buy-in, and then on top of that, we don't know how to promote the content, we don't know how to distribute it, of course people aren't spending a lot of money and resources creating content. But when you bring that all together, and probably the most important piece of that is the ability to promote that, which is what you're going to talk about, that's when you you really see the the value. And, and oftentimes, if you are that person who's creating content for your organization, you figure out what to write and you write the piece, you get it published, all the pain, suffering of getting it on your WordPress or whatever tool that you're using, HubSpot, and that is the end, right? Yeah. Then you're, like you said, moving on to the next. Uh, again, it will never yield the ROI that you're looking for. And that's another reason why companies don't do it. It's just like, it doesn't work. Well, let's go find something else. Yeah. Let's figure out something else. And I believe that content is king, as you and I always hear However, there's a variable though, you know, quality content, not just any content. Uh, you can't just churn out the same thing over and over, say a different way and change the keywords and expect it to, to give you 
I think there was a book that I have. It's called Content is Currency. There's so much written about this topic. It's not like there's shortage of content about content marketing, except why aren't companies getting it right? Um, I think we can touch on a lot of those things. And lastly, who is to judge the quality of the content? The people that are your customers. Not yeah. you, not your boss. You're not to write your, you know, you're not writing to yourself. You already know this stuff. <laughs> you don't need more content for yourself. You need it for yeah. the person, letting them judge that. Go ahead, Taylor, if you understand anything. Yeah. No, I mean, I think the real piece is like what we were talking about is the value is going to be judged based on what your end customer thinks. And right. the way you're going to measure that as a marketer is based on engagement, right? So are they consuming the content? How long are they spending on your website? Are they reaching out to you? Are they asking questions, commenting? Are they sharing sharing that with their peers on LinkedIn? All those kind of things, right? So in order to kind of understand and work backwards from there, like you said, the content is king, but you look at kind of the, the digital landscape and how it's changed over the last 10 years. It used to be like anything you created, right? You, you could basically, there, there wasn't a lot of people creating content. So uh, you had that first mover advantage and you kind of held all the information. So you could create content had the right keywords in it and you could basically trick, you know, Google into bringing those people to your website and then they filled out the form or whatever. But now we have such a content surplus that the pressure is now back on marketers to have the most valuable, the most relevant content possible based on the intent of exactly most recent even. So all of that is, which I think goes back to, it's going to make us better, right? Because it makes, marketers focus more on their customers in providing the best value to them. And then that type of content is going to win out. And again, that's just talking. It's not really just talking about SEO. We're talking about all across the web, right? Because we want to talk about how do we promote this content rather than spend a bunch of time and resources and effort to create a piece of content that we all agree is valuable content. We've done the research. We did the keyword research based on our personas, right? We understand what the pain points are. We look at what our competition is doing. We create this long form piece of content, we spent hours and hours doing the research and writing the content and editing, then putting it to a design team to add graphics and then development team to publish it on the website. And if we don't do anything to distribute that content, then why did we do all that in the first place? Absolutely. And today I'm not even touching on organic promotion, which everybody knows. I'm not talking about that. Everybody should post it on their Facebook and LinkedIn and everything else. I want to touch on a few things that you have to do paid because again, to me, there's costs associated with creation. Just as you mentioned, you might be surprised how much it really costs to get a blog post live, right? It could be thousands probably depending on the organization. So the first one is content discovery site. We talk about this. I think that was one of our topics way early on in our podcast. You should use the content discovery platform like Taboola or Outbrain, something along those lines to promote the content that you're creating. And I think the other thing that we we kind of think about too is it's not about just creating and creating and creating and creating and creating. You have to, like you said, set aside a budget to promote every single piece that you're creating. If you can't promote it, don't create it at all, right? In my right. Um, equation, I would give us your 80-20 rule. 80% of it should be spent on promoting it because if you just put it on your organic platform, Taylor, the, the ones that you have, your fans and followers, well, they already know about you and they exist. The people that need to see this content aren't your friends or your your you know followers yet. So what's the point of yeah. just leaving it on your Facebook page and then moving on to, I mean, they're already a follower. <laughs> they yeah. already know right. about you. I mean, it's like, right. it's like we're not going to spend any money. Yeah. Go ahead. I don't know if you yeah. want to add into that. 
But that was no, my I first mean, note card. We, we see that all the time. So that was what content discovery networks is what you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we see it all the time. Like you said, you, you spend the time to create a, a you know, an ebook for some reason and, uh, spend $2,000, you know, in time or money or resources or whatever, maybe to develop this ebook. Uh, and then what you just put it on your website or you put it, you send an email out to your email list that already knows what you're talking about. Uh, and then, you know, what is that? Right. Because you spend the money on the creating the content, which we're not, we're not saying is not valuable. What we're saying, however much you value that, that's now 20%. So you need to spend the rest of the 80%, whatever resources, time, energy that you spent to create that on promoting it. Uh, and I think that's the biggest gap. And a lot of times it's like uh, opposite. It's, we're even more skewed of, 90% 90% of the budget was spent on creating, creating the piece of content it sits there. and 10% is on promoting it. I know. And that's just your Twitter page. <laughs> and that's it. Long tail search ads. That's a numeral dose. Okay. Love it. All right. You know this topic. Why don't you explain long tail search ads? Because you love that one. I'll let you go first. And okay, then fine. I'll, uh, it yeah. is basically, if you do have a long, you know, long, long form content, it's about something very broad. You can run a very specific ad that is probably like five words long. And instead of sending it to your landing page, your homepage, you send it to this blog page. So the person who's actually searching for that has a high intent of figuring this thing out anyway. They search such a long, whatever term or keyword, let them get to that page and let them actually engage in your content. And it's ungated content. That's Taylor's favorite kind of content. And that way you actually gain momentum in getting the right people seeing the stuff. Let them convert on their own terms. But again, waiting for search, right? And all of first page of Google is ads. Really, there's, you know, you have to scroll now to see anything organic. Get it up there in the search ads because it's long tail. You don't pay as much as a short tail keyword. You still pay pennies on a dollar, but you're getting relevant, high intent traffic. Hey, thanks for listening. Solomon here. Are you frustrated? because you're not getting enough inbound leads, you're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified, or maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rate from the leads to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone, all right? Businesses go through this when there is a lack of strategy sometimes. Uh, Maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation, or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to oneims.com and fill out one of our forms. Talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at OneIMS, and especially with this podcast, is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right, so thank you for listening and let's get back to our topic for the day. That's Taylor's topic. Yeah, uh, I'll let you finish that thought because that is really yeah, cool. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, I, I do. I do love that strategy. I mean, really, it's what it is. Is it's SEO, right? That's the whole strategy behind SEO is that you're going to generate traffic from keywords that are all the way from the top of the funnel to the bottom of the funnel, and then for whatever reason, we're okay with 
opening that funnel more with SEO and getting traffic because we don't have to pay for that, right? But they're still prioritized. We're still spending money on creating the content. We're getting backlinks that are going to, to the website, that page. We're building these long pillar pages for all these long tail search terms that you're talking about that are very specific, but they're not bottom of the funnel searches, right? So it's higher up in the funnel. It's higher up in the decision-making process. So we spend all this time, effort, and then we're making and manipulating changes to our website in order to make sure that we're moving up in the rankings in Google. And we might have to make, wait three months, six months, 12 months until we get any traffic. And that's if you continue to work that piece of content, right? What we see a lot is you create a long-form piece of content because you did all the research and you think this is going to be valuable. You post it and then you move on to the next one. And every week or every month, you're putting out more pieces of content and you forget about that one that you did before. So what we're talking about here is do the same thing and create some very long tail search terms. Set a max you know, cost per click of something that is not outrageous. You're not going to spend $10, $20, $30 per click on a keyword that doesn't make a lot of sense for your audience. But set it at sub a dollar, sub 50 cents, and then all of a sudden you're getting clicks for 10 cents, 20 cents, 30 cents, whatever that may be, even less sometimes, depending on your industry. I've seen this same strategy done for like two, three to seven cents per click, by the way. And now all of a sudden, instead of waiting six months minimum to get traffic to that, you can create a piece of content and tomorrow you can start getting targeted traffic for people searching for those search terms that you were trying to get organically anyway for five cents a click, right? So now all of a sudden we can get two, 3,000 visitors for pennies, literally pennies, uh, and actually determine how people are interacting and engaging with that content rather than waiting for SEO to kick in. So that's what we're talking about in terms of distributing this content. It's the same audience that you wanted from SEO because someone's going to Google and they're actively searching. This is not, you know, a cheap way to get cheap clicks or anything like that. This is, this is the same exact intent that you would get from an SEO search, uh, but it can happen tomorrow rather than six, 12 months from now. And by the way, the value of that, that seven cents a click or 10 cents or 50 cents a click tomorrow is probably worth more than all the effort that it takes to get that to rank organically in six months. Love it. And not to forget, Bing is still a viable solution for that exact same strategy. Because yep. you never know, it could be a grandpa who does not have Chrome on their browser yet. Well, yeah, I mean, we could probably have a whole episode about that, but it's a great point because people look at it and say, well, like people always assume it's the same thing, right? It's either ads or organic and it's Google or it's Bing or it's this platform or that platform. The reality is like people don't use both. So it's not like someone's going to go to Google and do the search. And if they don't find what they're looking for, they're going to go to Bing and do the search. And then, you know, it's like, well, why did I spend money on ads in both places? The people who use Bing, they use Bing. People who use Google, they use Google. So it, by ignoring Bing, you are just leaving out that percentage of the, the market. Uh, you're never going to reach them by targeting on Google because they don't use Google. So they may not like Google. Yeah. And it might be a small, <laughs> small percentage. Don't get me wrong. But if the competition, if you're in a, a small market or you're a small player compared to your competitors, it may be worth exploring because that 10% or 15% that is on Bing might be your demographic and it might be your way to, to beat the competition who's only focused on Google. I agree. All right. So that's an awesome idea. Thank you for that. Next one is to sort of turn that content piece into multiple graphics, create a carousel ad on both Facebook and Instagram let them go to a blog post. Again, my job is not to send it to traffic, to a landing page or home page or your service page. Send it to a content page, all right? Simple graphic designer could do it. And I've 
clicked around. And if I like what I'm seeing, I'm going to click and learn more. And that will get me to a blog post, pixel me and retarget to me. I'm asking for it. I engaged with the ad. I like it, right? I don't know if I'm ready yet, but hey, go ahead and pixel me. I'm all for getting me pixeled everywhere. I like to see advertisement. I know Pitt Taylor does too. And also, if you can create a, if you do have videos throughout that blog post, you can turn that video into an ad that again leads to the same content piece. Uh, that is another way to, to drive traffic. There's just so many ways to do it. So I'm not talking organic today at all. I'm talking everything paid. I hope you're okay with that, Taylor. Nope, that's that's perfect. I think uh, it's a good and, distinction and, and, to make. Yeah, and these are not to be spent tens of thousands of dollars. So here's the next one is promoted tweet. All right, how many of you know that promoted tweets still work? Because it's still cheap from a platform perspective. There's still lots of people use it and people yep. still get their news, a lot of them, and there's still engagement. They're still on there. So if your persona is on Twitter and you're, you know, let's say you're budgeting $100 or whatever that might be for specific hashtags, you could still get your, you know, your, your blog post in front of the right people. Yep. Again, they probably forget, you know, like Taylor said, you probably forget how you clicked and got to the, the blog post. That's the part we need to understand. People don't know where they clicked. There's so many things happening, especially when you're online. We're clicking around, doing all kinds of stuff. And if I find something I like, I spend my time engaging it. And if not, I'll go back, right? So this is a very, very important. Anything you want to add to that? I have a couple more. No, I mean, uh, yeah, I think on these last two, it, it goes back to what I said earlier about the metrics that you're tracking, right? Because those two examples you just said, or three examples, really, and I'm, uh, if I'm following Twitter, trend here, they're all going yeah. to say the same thing is that these are not lead generation strategies, right? These are demand generation strategies yep. because we're already investing in this content and we need to now increase the visibility and the reach of that content. So when you're promoting that on Facebook or you're promoting that on Twitter, or you're promoting that on YouTube or wherever it is, you're not asking them to fill out a form in order to consume that content. You can have conversion tactics and strategies on that piece of content, or like you said, once you cookie them and then remarketing to them, you could still you know, ask for some sort of conversion point. But what we're talking about here is how do we get more people to consume our content? And removing the gate is always going to get more people to consume the content. And not waiting for organic and someone to share the piece of content to get to them, right? Yep. That's just the wrong metric. And if you have blogs and amazing pieces of content you're creating, that are not getting thousands of visits or at least several hundred visits a month, then you're wasting a lot of time and energy creating an evergreen piece of content. Evergreen piece of content should have evergreen ad strategy. Here's my next one. Anybody that still use Reddit, that's still a relatively great place to promote. It's called Reddit Promoted Post. You can practically practically put anything on it and they don't, mm -hmm. they don't mind. You can promote it, right? And so it's and those are very targeted uh, users, by the way, based on the demographics of who's using Reddit, as well as the fact that they're all, they have different subreddits. So you can look at different categories and show ads, just like Only Twitter, the hashtags, but yeah. just it within that. So uh, I think in terms of targeting your demographic, if they're using that platform, is a great platform. Bingo. Promoted pins. I'm sure. So, same idea. Love promoted pins because right now, even on a regular Pinterest, you can put a graphic and send it to your blog post. So you should be putting pins right now organically already if you aren't, right? So you're missing out on that just free traffic, which by the way, if you have a really nice graphic or somebody actually liked it, it can kind of go viral and get some, get some visits that way. But beyond that, you could promote and you don't have to be an e-commerce company, Taylor, to be putting on Pinterest. 
no, you don't have 100%. to be focusing on girls only. <laughs> you could be yeah, you know, it's a putting huge, a video. hugely underutilized platform. It yep. certainly is. And obviously there's more and more and more, but my last one for today is Quora. All right, Quora ads is where if you have questions, you can, if somebody answered a question that isn't you, you can promote that, but you can also put an ad, a legion ad right there saying, hey, do you struggle with whatever? Click here and send it to your blog post just as you would to our landing page. But Quora is extremely cost-effective because it's still new platforms. There's not a lot of competition. Even probably now, it's cheaper than ever. But again, $100 is all I'm asking you. But spend several $100 in different platforms and see what it can do for you. And, and even a video, and I, I didn't even talk about YouTube, but if you had a video inside your blog post or you were creating it for specifically for every single post that you're making, you should be promoting the video and let them come there or anyone who's played part of the video, remarket to them and let them see that. I mean, these are some simple, I would want to call them as simple as it gets. You don't need a huge, I guess, budget, but you can actually be spending several hundred dollars on a monthly basis. And when you have the next piece, again, content discovery, go back and do the same thing. And some of them, you may want to turn it on, change the headline. Like yeah. I know in Tabula and Outbrain, you can change the headline and change the picture and see which one gets you better click-through rates. There's a lot of optimization that you can do, but not doing them, you're just sort of waiting for Google to wake up and index your site and wait for somebody to end up on that page and convert and then grow your business. To me, that's, that's right. just a very lazy approach. You got to be way more, uh, I guess, aggressive when it comes to content promotion. Yeah, I think you should build a process in place for every piece of content. Here's what we're going to do, which may slow down your content production schedule, right? So if you were doing a blog post a week, uh, maybe you do that one per month, but you go more in-depth on the content topic, you create other assets that accompany that, like you said, an infographic, chop that up into different pieces, and then look at how you promote it across these different platforms. If you do that every single time you create a piece of content, what you're going to do is then you're going to ask yourself, is this content worth paying to promote, and then maybe you shouldn't be creating that piece of content in the first place. So the quality of your content is going to go up. You're going to go more in depth on these subjects. And then again, rather than wait six months to start maybe seeing some visibility, if you know how to do SEO properly, you're going to get thousands of visitors the next week or the next month. And you just, again, replicate that across all the different topics that you want to talk about. That's how you're going to build awareness and, and generate demand. Um, and then of course, map out the process of what happens once they start consuming your content, how do they become a customer? Uh, but no, this is, this is the exact strategy that if companies really truly understood the value of content marketing, everyone would be doing this. Absolutely. That's why we call it this, the marketing putting the marketing in the content marketing. Cause I know, I know that sure. everyone checks off the box and says, yep, I got this blog post. You know, sometimes they might even send an email, which is great. However, you're only going to get to the people that, like we said, are already a followers, already a subscriber. You want to hit the masses. I like to say the millions of people that need to see this, they're not in your funnel right now. They yep. are never going to be in it if you don't go out there and promote it. And even Facebook's algorithm does not help you in any way by, you know what I mean? Just putting more on there because they're not even seeing it, what you put on there. Just because I like a page, I don't even see everything the page posts. And I barely spend any time in the platform to see everything that's being posted anyway. So if you right. want to get my attention, you now have to pay. That's the bottom line. It is what it is. Uh, yep. Unless you're like a celebrity, then yeah, people follow you for a reason. Then you could, you know, get everything that's on there. That's a whole nother kind of thing. If you're a company selling products, services, trying to get meetings, 
all of these things and you're using content, pay. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, promote, promote, promote. Any final <clears throat> thoughts, Taylor? Any takeaways? I guess anything that we can share with our audience on what they should be thinking. Maybe doing all that right off the bat is probably a bad idea because they're not used to it. Taking it in pieces. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's what you should strive to do. And if you if you can't do it off the, I would rather do everything for one piece of content than like do that. one thing for a bunch of content, right? And that that's the problem. I think is most companies are doing that today, and just it's just going through the motions. Like you said, it's okay. I I checked the box. I created a blog post. Uh, now next week I'm going to do a Facebook post, and then this week I'll do you know something on Twitter. Uh, we need to spend more time creating valuable content and then promoting that content to your audience rather than creating more content that no one's going to see. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, I think if we can focus on promoting every single piece, like you said, you're going to have no chance of failing in content marketing. I think the biggest challenge that people have are it's not yielding the ROI that they're looking for, although it is still top in their budget, top on their priority list to create more and more and more content. It's sad to see how many single digit views or single digit page, you know what I'm saying? Page views are really amazing piece of content is doing. And, you know, one thing about SEO you mentioned, that's great. Like it might take six months to get it to be ranked. It's not because SEO takes that long. You need to probably do outreach and get links to that Mm -hmm. piece of content. Now you're creating content for other people's website just to get a backlink. I mean, you could spend all that time, you know, emailing and creating content for a a link and exchanging money even sometimes. I mean, just go to Facebook, mm-hmm. go to Google, get the get the piece of content, the views that it needs, right? Not to forego right. the long-term SEO, not not at all. I'm not saying not to do that, but it's not easy to rank, you know, anything any you know anymore. As it, it, it used to be easier, but as more people are creating more long-form content and they're all working on getting outreach, and they're better and more clever, have more higher you know authority, and you know. Right better, you know what I mean? Domain metrics, your chance of ranking for that same keyword is less and less. Right. And I think it can accomplish the same thing, right? Because the whole idea behind doing that outreach and trying to build those backlinks is to build the credibility and get more visibility and get more links to that content, right? So by you off the bat, you paying to get that piece of content in front of more people, you're already putting yourself in a better position. You have a better chance that those people are going to share that piece of content. Someone else is going to re- understand, like it, write about it, link back to your, you know, your original piece of content. They're going to pin it on Pinterest. You talked about all those kind of things because you took that step to actually promote it. Maybe even, you know, they might go all the way to the sense of these guys know what they're talking about. I'm going to reach out to them and become a customer. Right. So uh, that's what I say about, like you said, waiting six months. It's not that, it has to be six months, but it could be six weeks. It could be six years. It doesn't matter. The fact is what we're talking about is accelerating that. Process. Yep. Absolutely. Is that a wrap Taylor? Any final thoughts? That's a wrap. That's Thank a wrap. you so much for everyone that's tuning in today. I mean, obviously we want you to succeed. Otherwise we wouldn't go to the extent of, you know, coming up with all these ideas to, to, you know, help you along the way, promote the content that you're already creating Please hit the like button, you know, leave us a comment. Let us know what type of content you're looking for in future episodes. Thanks a lot for uh, tuning in today and we will see you next time. All right. So if you enjoyed this episode, here are five things that you can do to help us. Number one, make sure you click that subscribe button so you never miss another show. Number two, share this with a friend that you know needed to hear this. 
And three, leave us a comment. We love hearing your thoughts, your ideas, things that you've learned so others can learn from you. And four, if you have a topic that you'd like us to cover, let us know so we can put that in our notes and share our insight all right, for our next episode or the one after that. And finally, you guys, join other growth marketers. Head over to oneims.com and check out all the resources that we have made just for you. I'm talking guides, webinars, blogs, videos, anything that could help you become a growth marketer. All right. So thanks a lot for joining us this week on the Growth Marketers Podcast, and I will see you next time. <laughs>